You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I am a registered dietitian nutritionist and owner of Dylan Murphy Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here, from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Hey, Rachel, welcome to Food Freedom Podcast. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. (laughs) Good. I am so looking forward to this interview and just hearing, honestly, more about the book writing process because like what you were saying before we hit record, it's not for the faint of heart, I feel like. (laughs) Yep, exactly. It is. I have lots of thoughts on writing books now that I've done one. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What like led, like, because I know, I feel like for some people, it's like a publisher reaches out to you versus sometimes it's like, you reaching out? Like, what did that look like for you? Right. So yes. So I never had any desire necessarily to write a book, but I always kind of had this like idea in the back of my mind of like, okay, but if I did write a book, like, I think I'd like to create a resource that really talks about gentle nutrition and intuitive eating, because it is this sort of like, um, blank spot, like where we really don't have a lot of great resources out there. And so it was actually the, um, publisher, they were really looking to, um, you know, get some books published on intuitive eating. So they reached out to me and actually had that same sort of concept. So I was like, okay, well, maybe that's a sign if they're kind of thinking this is, um, this would be a helpful um, resource from their kind of like market research and, and you know, me kind of having this little idea in the back of my mind, um, maybe I should just go ahead and, and do the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. I love that. So then before I guess we dive more into your book, I would love for you to take a minute and just introduce yourself, tell our audience just more about who you are and um, kind of your practice and your focus. Absolutely. Um, Yes. Well, hello, audience. Um, I am (laughs) Rachel Hartley. So I am a private practice dietitian in Columbia, South Carolina. So I have a practice where I work with clients one-on-one and really specialize in working with clients with eating disorders and disordered eating. I do see a lot of clients with um, PCOS and um, uh, IBS and other gut conditions as well. And then just like, I really work with a lot of clients and um, general nutrition and various health concerns and um, managing those symptoms from a a non-diet standpoint. So um, yeah, so I have kind of the private practice side of my business. And then I also do some work with like, you know, writing and blogging and working with certain brands. So um, yeah, of course the book part too. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, the the main kind of meat of my day is is definitely working with my my clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Are you seeing clients in person now? Or are you all virtual? Or what does that 
like? Yeah. So my practice before was basically like 50, 50 virtual and in-person. So I work with clients like all over the U S and, um, with COVID, I'm really lucky in that I have like a large office where, you know, I can distance. So I have um, a few clients that I still see in person that I really, you know, want to have eyes on. Um, so yeah, just lucky that it's very set up to be able to see people safely. Um, and very happy that I have now gotten my, you know, first dose of vaccine. And I guess by the time yes. this is out, I will be fully vaccinated. Yes. So. <laughs> uh, I know. I'm so glad we were included in that. I guess kind of like the second round technically in Tennessee. Uh-huh. Praise the Lord. This is great. <laughs> very happy. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so your book, Gentle Nutrition. First, kind of even before we dive into more of like the concept of gentle nutrition, I would love to hear kind of just what like the book writing experience was like for you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So it was really tough. Um, I signed, um, and it was really like, it was just a really tough, for a lot of people, it was a really tough year, but, (laughs) um, for everybody, um, But no, I, I signed my contract, I guess it was like October or November of 2019 and um, really dove in first to kind of like thinking about the big picture layout of the book. And then, you know, then it was really getting into the writing process and, you know, going chapter by chapter. And, um, you know, it was tough because you're thinking about it. Um, you know, what I really tried to do is have kind of a specific reader in mind and like just really be writing, uh, you know, writing for, for this specific person or this need that just helped me kind of put things on, on paper, well, on a computer. Um, <laughs> you wrote it all on paper. Yeah, right? I wrote it all <laughs> in cursive. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> but um, no, so it's, it was really, you know, it, it was such a tough process because I I think like with the start of the pandemic and all the uncertainty and it was just a really like you know tough time personally like my dad was really sick when I first started writing so it's like going back and forth and you know visiting Virginia and then I had my dog was my dog of like 11 and a half years my baby was really sick and and eventually had to say goodbye and then the pandemic and so it was really just um oh my goodness such a tough tough process um emotionally um but it was so cool to be able to have this like space that I could go to and really be working on this like lovely creative project yeah. that um, I was just very excited about so um definitely like <laughs> definitely hard as I was sharing with you before I yeah. think I on every podcast and complain about writing a book <laughs> Like, why is this a sales like strategy? But um, just being very honest with that. But um, yeah, it was yes. <laughs> so that's a little bit of the the background. Imagine, <laughs> um, and then because I know so when we're listening to this live, the book will be launched. Um, we're recording this before February twenty third, but it um, will be launched, which is so exciting. So when so from what it sounds like, then you've literally been working on it for like a year and a half or so. Yeah. So I started off kind of writing. So the book is actually, there's um, part of it. So part of it's content that goes uh, through like gentle nutrition. And I'm sure we'll, we'll talk more about like the content of the book, but um, there's also um, uh, recipe content in there too. Cause I really wanted to have like people be able to like 
I think a lot of like people can learn about nutrition through like food and cooking itself. And so I wanted to um, incorporate that as um, part of the book. So yeah, so I wrote the content part first and then I kind of went into more of like the recipe development and photography and that whole um, aspect that was over the summer. And then um, you go through many, 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 many rounds of edits. And it's, it all has like a very fast turnaround. So it can feel, um, it's like, oh my goodness, I have to read, I've read my words so many times. They're just yes. like, you know, <laughs> just so it feels like just brain as much when I, I look at them sometimes, but, um, but yeah. And then it goes like to edit, they, they did a really lovely job just with graphics and creating graphics that, that, um, you know, uh, enhance the message. So that was, um, that was another part of the process that was so cool to see. Mm, I love that. So yeah, I would, let's dive into then kind of more of the like topic of the book, gentle nutrition. Um, because yeah, I think that even like when I talk to people about intuitive eating, sometimes I think that they don't realize that gentle nutrition is part of intuitive eating, which can kind of be good. Cause I think it's important for people to realize like, there's probably a lot of unlearning that you have to do and, you know, learning to respect your body before you can look at nutrition really through like a gentle lens instead of like super rigid. Um, so maybe first a good place to start would even just be like, how would you define gentle nutrition? Which I mean, now you have a whole book on it. So I'm sure that's not even like a simple question. But <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I really appreciate you know, starting with that about how gentle nutrition doesn't really get talked about a lot among us, um, you know, intuitive eating RDs, at least on the online space, because we know that, there's going to be so many different people seeing our messages at all these different stages of their relationship with food. And so it's one thing to talk with someone in your office who has specific nutrition concerns and to be, to be able to, you know, address their, their, you know, health and, and nutrition needs in a really individualized way. But like being able to write a blog post or to put out an Instagram message that doesn't um, get taken out of context or, or that rigid kind of diet mentality doesn't grab a hold of is um, an incredibly hard thing to do. And so I think because of that, we tend to, as dietitians, shy away from it. And it, it makes a lot of sense, but it also makes nutrition a bit of a mystery. You know, it, it makes it to where I, I find a lot of times clients feel like, um, oh, gentle nutrition. It's this like surprise at the end of intuitive eating. Like you pass the first like nine principles and yay, here's your like kale and quinoa salad yay. that we're going to put out on you. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, or, you know, it also too can be a really helpful part, like understanding actual evidence-based nutrition in a non-diet way can be this really fabulous tool for, for helping people heal their relationship with food. So, you know, I, I definitely think it's a thing we have to be cautious about, but also, um, you know, but also we, we don't want to create a mystery around it. So, um, so yeah, so all that said, um, to answer your question about what is gentle nutrition. So I really look at gentle nutrition as, you know, a few different things like a, if we, um, it, it's what nutrition looks like when we are looking at actually promoting health, not trying to achieve some arbitrary number on the scale. So, you know, when we look at health and not this like 
trying to achieve immortality and never get sick ever again in our life kind of way. But looking at health is like a resource that helps us live our day-to-day life, um, you know, have energy and just feel good. Like how can we eat in a way that supports that? Um, I look at gentle nutrition as something that's really flexible. You know, it's not like a, here's my gentle nutrition eating plan for the day. It's <laughs> accepting like seasons of life where nutrition may have um, maybe higher priority or lower priority, like based on what's going on. And um, most of all, I consider it like what, you know, air quote, healthy eating looks like when we zoom out and look at the big picture of eating over time. It's not this, um, you know, it's not about individual meals. It's not about individual snacks. It's really all about, um, all about like the pattern of our eating and, you know, over time. Yeah, that's so good. Cause in all of it's like how food and nutrition is meant to be. And then it's like diet culture, gets a hand on it and completely, you know, turns it into all this misinformation and rules and rigidity that then totally, you know, influences our relationship with food and our body and all of that. So, so yeah, I feel like, like you said, a lot of it's like bringing in that flexibility, which is so good. And I find too, like sometimes from clients or just even people on Instagram, like it can be kind of shocking for them of like, oh, so I don't have to like count calories or like I'm allowed to eat like XYZ food. Like it can be so freeing for people. Um, but I mean, cause I think, you know, for however long people think dietitians are the food police. <laughs> it's like, no, we want you to eat. Like if you like kale and quinoa, then eat it. That's great. But also like have regular pasta and like bag salad or, you know, whatever sounds good to you. Right. Totally. It's, um, yeah, you know, and I think so many, and this was kind of another big motivating factor in writing the book is that I think so many people's concept of what nutrition is just really is wrapped up in diet culture. And so, you know, it's, it even like, if you were to ask somebody like what, um, you know, what non-diet nutrition looks like or what, um, you know, their ideas of what healthy is, isn't necessarily like focused on health. It really is like this diet culture mentality around it. So, um, yeah. And, and, and to what you were saying there too, you know, when you see someone saying you don't have to count calories or trying to normalize foods that often get labeled, um, as unhealthy, that can feel so different from what we're used to that, that it, that a lot of people are like, well, you know, intuitive eating is anti-nutrition. It's like, no, that's not what's happening here. (laughs) That's literally the question I was just about to ask. Does that thought come to mind? Like, I feel like all the time people are like, intuitive eating is anti-health or, you know, non-diet dietitians are anti-health. And it's so interesting because I'm like, no, we're actually so pro-health that we don't want you to diet. Like diets are anti-health and we want you to stop doing that. Um, but yeah, how would you like speak to that more to people that kind of have those thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think half the time that it is just people trying to, I don't know, almost be like a, not devil's advocate, but like 
it's not really a genuine thing that they're saying. Like I see a lot of times where dietitians will, um, you know, post things on Twitter or Instagram and like, well, what are you going to do with someone who has celiac disease since you're high diet? I guess like, you're going to, I'm like, what, what do you think guys? Like, come on. (laughs) Like, you really think, (laughs) yeah. Like, do you really think that we're telling people with celiac disease to just like, you know, eat a ton of gluten and, and I don't know, like peanut allergies, like just, you know, non-diet, go ahead yeah. and eat peanuts. Yeah. Like, no. yeah. So half the time I just feel like it's it's just being kind of a jerk. Um yeah. <laughs> rather than any legitimate <laughs> But I do think that the, that there are people who um, are legitimately um, confused about a um, anti-diet position and um, the messages that they're seeing. And I think some of it, you know, falls to us as intuitive eating practitioners to really um, go out there and create content that, um, you know, explains what nutrition, um, like what the role of gentle nutrition in intuitive eating. Um, but I think, you know, part of it, if someone, you know, happens to be listening to this and is confused, like, I just, I, I think that is such a sign that um, we really need to do more learning and more, um, or really more unlearning the way that diet mentality has influenced our idea of what healthy eating looks like. So, um, so I, I, I think definitely it is an encouragement for more of that unlearning. And also I, I really, you know, encourage dietitians who feel confused about, or just people in general who um, feel confused about the messaging, like keeping in mind that how someone engages with nutrition is a very personal and individual thing. And it is not uh, our decision to decide for our clients, like how much of a priority um, nutrition should or shouldn't be in their life. And so, you know, we, we can make space for that in our messaging too. Um, yeah. So I don't know if that kind of makes sense. Yeah. And, and this, like, yeah. We, we like, it, you know, it is okay for nutrition to not be like the highest and actually it's a good thing for it not to be the highest priority in one's yes. life. So. <laughs> yes. Like it doesn't yeah. need to be the number one thing. Um, and I mean, I think that's sometimes a sign of like disordered eating or maybe, you know, even further of like, if you are thinking about food 24 seven, or if nutrition controls your every thought, or if you, you know, feel like you quote unquote, break rules and that, you know, impacts your day. It's like, okay, there might be some deeper work and unlearning. I love that you said that, like unlearning that needs to be done. Um, Cause yeah. Do you feel like with gentle nutrition, we kind of alluded to this too, with even just like the, the principles of intuitive eating, like you can't, like, I feel like there's work that needs to be done before adapting this like gentle nutrition mindset. Yeah, you know, yes and no. And and this is actually one of the things that I really tried to reframe in my book is that, you know, we can, I, I think sometimes there's this idea of like intuitive eating as the step-by-step process. And for the sake of the book, it definitely makes sense to have intuitive eating as the last um, chapter and as a sort of general rule of thumb. Um, you know, yes, I think that that we need to do some work healing our relationship with food before intentionally bringing nutrition in. But I, I 
I think part of it, that, that sort of confusion comes in where it's like, so with that mentality, we're really looking at nutrition in this, this very limited way. I think, you know, nutrition is also eating enough food, you know, that is like honoring our hunger and, and satiating, um, you know, nourishing our body. Like that is the most important aspect of nutrition. And that's actually an, an aspect of nutrition that we have to work on from the um, in order to get back in touch with our, our hunger and fullness cues. Like, you know, I think an, an important aspect of gentle nutrition is unlearning the, the diet culture BS that we um, pick up. And so that is something that we can incorporate from the beginning. And, you know, for a lot of people who have health concerns, like sometimes incorporating gentle nutrition in a really flexible way from the beginning can be super helpful for them. So, um, so there's no hard and fast rule. I, I think about where the role of gentle nutrition can come in. I, I think it's, it's thinking about it um, as like integrating nutrition into the different principles that we're, we're working on. Yeah. yeah. I love that you said that because I think that that like oftentimes people think intuitive eating is like, okay, you have to master principle one and then principle two and they go in that order. And maybe for some people they do, but I feel like it's not it's not meant to be like a step one, two, three. I see that a lot too with my clients who are struggling with eating disorders and we're working to like kind of bridge that gap and move towards intuitive eating where, you know, sometimes we're seeing like what principles can we work on right now? Cause we can't really trust your hunger right now. So let's focus on other things. Um, yeah. yeah. I love that you said that. Cause that's so true. And that's a great example too, where like gentle nutrition, like when, what nutrition looks like in the context of someone who is, um, healing from an eating disorder is different from someone who's trying to, I don't know, like fuel their body for, um, a half marathon that they're running and, um, or someone who, you know, has a chronic health condition that they are trying to manage. Like what nutrition looks like is going to be different for different people. And so for someone who, you know, is in that, process of nutritional rehabilitation, like the, like nutrition is simply just getting the energy in that they need. And, um, and it's really important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Cause I think, you know, with diets and other ways of eating that isn't gentle nutrition, you're probably not eating enough or you're, you know, cutting out major food groups or you have fears with certain foods. Like, so yeah, it sounds like it's just really bringing, like just bringing everything back to the basics too, of like taking all of that noise of diets, unlearning all of that, which can take time, especially if someone's been engulfed in that, you know, since middle school or something. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's definitely bringing it back to the basics and, and appreciating the, um, you know, I, I say in my book that like basically gentle nutrition is the least sexy nutrition out there. It's kind of the stuff that you never hear anyone talk about, but at the same time, you've always heard people talk about, cause it's like, who's going to buy, you know, who's going to buy a book where it's like, you know, eating regular meals. Is yes. good. <laughs> yes. But yeah. <laughs> Which is funny. Cause it's like, it's also so much easier than all these diets, but for some reason diets are so, I mean, I think it's because the companies are good at marketing and, you know, they give you this false sense of what your outcome will be, but yeah, with gentle nutrition, it's like, Oh, okay. Just eat throughout the day, eat, 
you know, enough to feel full. Like it's pretty simple, but at the same time, it's not because of the, you know, the, the way our culture teaches us about food. Totally, totally. Um, our culture really overcomplicates nutrition and focuses in on, um, you know, I had this in my book and I also have a blog post on this, like the, the, the I've created this nutritional hierarchy of needs or hierarchy of nutrition needs. And, you know, I have at the top of that is like individual foods and nutrients. And that's what you tend to see the most kind of like clickbait articles about whether it's, you know, now with like, you know, vitamin D and COVID or like, you know, this special superfood that you can eat or whatever. But, you know, we don't focus in on the basics of nutrition, which is like, are you eating enough food? Like, are you getting a balance of your macronutrients? Like, you know, getting fat, protein, carbs, are you getting a variety of foods? Like the individual foods or the individual nutrients that we might focus on don't really matter if we're not getting those, those basics first. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And even you brought up the celiac thing earlier. Like when I think of gentle nutrition, like someone with celiac disease, if they're practicing gentle nutrition, they're probably not going to eat gluten because that's like (laughs) the opposite of gentle for literally their GI tract. Like, so (laughs) it's, it's interesting that people, and I think some of it's like, yeah, just not just almost like wanting to pick arguments for no reason. And some of it too might just be like not truly knowing the facts and digging into like, okay, well, let me explore this first before I argue it. Right. And maybe it's actually like better than, than it seems. Um, Yeah. (laughs) What would you say are some like, maybe like two or three, like takeaways that you would hope someone would get from the book? So I think one major takeaway I would love readers to get from the book is just redefining how they view health. Um, I have a whole chapter that kind of looks at how um, how the evolution of health has kind of changed over time or how we define health has changed over time. And, you know, nutrition and dietetics is still very stuck in this, you know, dis- disease focused, um, sort of, you know, a a sick body is a broken body and we have to fix it mindset around health. And, you know, we're really moving more towards this well-being focus, but, but nutrition has, has kind of stayed and and like the medical field as a whole has really stayed pretty far behind. And so, um, I would love for people to be able to, you know, take away a, a different conceptualization of health. Um, obviously like a different way of conceptualizing nutrition. So I I hope that, um, you know, when they read the book and they think about nutrition and how to engage with it, it doesn't feel like this big overwhelming thing, but really that they're able to see places in their life that they're already probably (laughs) engaging with. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I, I also just, you know, I hope people get some really practical skills around food because that was the other thing I I tried to emphasize in the book was, you know um, like, how do you stock your pantry so that you have a wide variety of food and you're able to, um, you know, put together easy and satisfying meals. And, you know, maybe some of that looks like having some, you know, whole grains on hand and part yeah. of it like having like frozen pizza in your, <laughs> your freezer. Yeah. Um, you know, I had skills around like flexible meal planning and, and so yeah, just really readers taking away just practical skills with food and, and how to feed themselves. Yeah. Which is so good. All that with the stocking your pantry and meal planning. Cause I see oftentimes too, like when clients are so 
bought in on intuitive eating, which is so great. Sometimes they think like, but what if I really do like kale or what if it is helpful for me to like plan out my meals for the week or, you know, I, I prefer whole grain rice over white. And I think it's helping people realize like, that's great. Like, let's just get into like the motivation behind it. Like if you're getting, eating kale because you truly enjoy it, you know, in a salad or however it's cooked versus like, I feel like I have to eat kale because it's, you know, the healthiest of all foods. Totally. Totally. It's getting curious about those intentions. And just like, we don't want to automatically like label something as like a bad food. We don't want to automatically like label something, uh, an eating choice as a a dieting or, or good kind of you know, thing too. Yes. Yes. I don't, you probably follow, um, Mimi Cole. She's been, um, talking a lot about like re I can't remember how she phrased it, but like reclaiming food from diet culture. And like, she was even posting about like daily harvest yesterday. Who's like, uh, they have great meals, but they're, they are super like, I guess, quote unquote healthy for lack of better phrase. But I think she was talking through like, you know, this is a super easy lunch and, you know, I can add food to it. And, and I think that's huge of like reclaiming foods that, you know, may have the stigma of like, I only eat this if I'm on a diet, like you can eat it and be practicing gentle nutrition. But yeah, like you said, like get curious with your reason for eating it. Like if you feel like you can't just, you know, run through a drive through to get a quick meal, it has to be this like gourmet daily harvest meal. Totally. Totally. Yeah. As you were sharing that, I was thinking about like a random snack that I like to pick up. Like if I want something a little bit more, cause I don't really love a lot of snack foods. Like I like to have more kind of meal foods. And so, um, so they're, um, like the closest, um, supermarket to, um, where I work is like, it doesn't have like a huge selection of foods, but one of the things that has in the freezer aisle. And I, it's like, I love it. It's like a lean cuisine, like chicken enchilada sweets. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome really good yes. I, mean, I want like for a snack it's great if I don't like want whatever I packed or I just forget a snack at home or I just feel like I need like a little get out of the office kind of snack right like I will sometimes go and get a chicken enchilada suiza and I like yummy hot sauce in my office and it's a uh, really satisfying yeah. snack yes <laughs> so, that's so good it doesn't have to be like a diet thing but like we, and I will say, as I'm saying that, like I always, every time there's a little tinge of like, oh, I really don't like giving my money to this like diet food. I know. That's <laughs> kind yes. like, I like yes. it, whatever. Yes. yes. I know. And I'm even like, I don't think I've even thought this before, but even as you're saying the name, I'm like, can they just like rebrand their name? Like, why does it have to be lean? Like, <laughs> because at least they're being honest. With Watchers WW route of like pretending they're not a diet. Yes. <laughs> like we see you. We know. We know who you are. You make it well, loud and clear. Yep. <laughs> so then, with the recipes in the book, I would love to hear even like because I know you have a blog, and so you develop recipes for that. I'm sure. Like, did you like develop a lot of new recipes, or are these recipes that you have cooked for a while, or? Yeah. Tell me more about those. They're new. Yeah. So I don't know why, like in hindsight, I'm like, gosh, I really should have repurposed a lot of stuff that I've, I've done over the years. Um, yeah. So I, I actually like started, my blog started as like a recipe focused blog just because I needed this like creative outlet when I started my private practice. And um, yeah, so um, so definitely created all new recipes. Um, it was super fun. Um, I really wanted to 
like one of the things that I wanted to do was like bring cooking into gentle nutrition. So like, um, I know one example, I have um, a recipe at, for three different easy pasta sauces that you can make. And, um, and in it, I talk about like, what pasta um, sauces taste best with um, whole grain pasta and which ones like really taste better with like white pasta. Um, you know, I have like a muffin recipe where like I incorporate some whole grain flour and, but I'm also using like regular sugar and, um, you know, regular butter in it. So yeah, I really wanted to look at like some of these, um, some of these ingredients and that that typically get the like healthy air quote mm -hmm. healthy label and like how can we use them from a culinary perspective oh that's good because I think sometimes there and I have a lot of clients that bring this up to me where they'll see different you know intuitive eating practitioners who are then only talking about all these like health like cauliflower or using like almond flour instead of reg like where it's kind of confusing of like okay you're preaching intuitive eating but then I feel like I have to make all these like crazy you know healthy alternatives that are also more expensive mm -hmm. um so I think that's good like I think the world needs more just like normal recipes where it's like these might also be ingredients you already have in your home so that hopefully they're more cost effective or you won't just you know make it once and never use that ingredient again Totally, totally. Yes. I think as, um, as practitioners, we really have a responsibility to um, highlight a wide variety of foods. And I, I definitely see that where like, not especially like, you know, newer dietitians or people who are, you know, who are kind of newer to the intuitive eating, like bandwagon that they, you know, have their, um, I don't know, like post their cookie and then go right back to the, the kale sa salads. And it's yes. like, okay, guys, like, yeah, you know, and that's not to say that you can't like share a kale salad or if you enjoy whatever made with cauliflower, I frankly really like the taste of cauliflower rice. Like I don't do swap carbohydrates for it. Yeah. Like it is a tasty side dish yeah. and enjoyable. Um, but you know, we really have a responsibility to be thoughtful with the foods that we're sharing because that, that, creates a lot of confusion. So yeah, yep. I agree. <laughs> and then it can be so freeing for people when they see like yesterday I shared, I was eating like a bag salad and I put just like regular chicken fingers on top of it. And right. I think that can be like freeing for people like, Oh, like I can eat like that. Like, cause for me, I was like, I need something quick. Like we have chicken fingers in the freezer and I have a bag salad. Like, let me throw that together. Right. Versus like someone having to stress about like, how am I supposed to put together a meal? That's like, as healthy as possible, like, because I think that was gentle nutrition, you know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. It's like, we don't have to, we really have to find that gray area. Cause it's like, on the other hand, just posting like donuts, especially if you're a thin provider and being like, <laughs> making it seem like you're just eating, like that creates confusing messages. But you know, that example is like such a perfect one of how to highlight, like, we don't have to be all or nothing with our food choices. We don't have to make like, it's not like eat the donut and make the intuitive eating choice or eat the, you know, kale salad and make the, um, you know, the, the dieting choice, like, you know, that's, I don't know, that's not intuitive eating. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like it, again, all roots back to your motivation behind the food choice. Right, totally. <laughs> um, well, a question I like to ask all of our guests at the end of episodes, and I feel like you have a great answer for this, is what <laughs> your favorite food memory is. Because I think really with dieting, it tries to take like the fun out of food and the culture and the community and like 
all of the amazing things that food is. So I love hearing people's yeah, food memories. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is like, I feel like I have so lovely, so many lovely ones. And they're just, I have all these memories just swimming around in um, the back of my head. But um, yeah, I mean, I think right now, just because of COVID and not really being able to travel, um, the, the memories that mean the most to me are ones where um, that involve travel and you know trying new foods and mm-hmm. and just like experimenting I don't know the the one that's really like standing out to me right now is kind of like a fancy eating experience where yeah. <laughs> my husband and I we went to South Africa a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and um went to this um restaurant that was like you know one of those very fancy multi-course like yeah or, um like the food was amazing and we were just we did like a wine pairing with it so mm-hmm. we were very tipsy um but <laughs> yes <laughs> we were like in this fancy place and we swore this one guy who was like in the corner oh. we're like I think that's Vladimir Putin <laughs> 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 I'm like oh my gosh we're gonna get like a restaurant who are these people staring, like staring and giggling at this man so yeah yeah that that was the one that just kind of jumped to the top of mind because it is oh, a, I love yeah. that Gosh, traveling, I I agree. Like traveling can be such a fun way to experience food because especially like going to different areas of the country, going out of the country, like food is so different in different places, which makes it fun. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a cool way to learn to appreciate um, and connect with other cultures. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, Well, Rachel, thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Um, Where can people find you and order your book too, which we'll put in the show notes, but yeah, where can people? Absolutely. So um, yeah, so you can find me um, on my blog, which is um, rachelhartleynutrition.com. You can find me um, on Instagram. I'm pretty active there. So it's um, at rachelhartleyrd and um, Rachel is spelled A-E-L. So R-E-C-H-A-E-L. And um, yes, you can order my book on Bookshop. I've been, well, it's on Amazon too, but I'm really encouraging people to support independent bookstores and just search Gentle Nutrition um, and you will see it there. Awesome. Uh, Well, it's going to be an amazing resource. I feel like for both practitioners and like people who are just looking to heal their relationship with food. Thank you. I I certainly hope so. So I appreciate you having me on and letting me, um, you know, share a little bit about it. (laughs) Yes, of course. Thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to our show. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition for more inspiring content on food freedom, intuitive eating, body respect, and many other things. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it to reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. We drop new episodes every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe so you always catch our latest conversations. See you next episode.